I'm, I'm doing stuff I want to see and hear. So right now, this has no other form other than I'm going to put it online with your permission and let people listen to it. Um, but uh, this topic, I, I've, I've actually been interested in this since you told me once years ago about your about your call to ministry. Um, so if you could, if you would take as much time or little as you want, just if you could describe to me what was it like for you for that initial call. Um. Well, thank you for giving me this opportunity. You know, it, the longer you are in ministry, the less you talk about your call story. Mm. Not unless you're talking with someone who is recently called into ministry or going through ordination. So it, this gives me a time to, to, to reflect. It was in 19... 87 I was I was a senior in high school mm. and my father owned a painting contracting business and every summer from the time I was 14 until the time I was a senior in high school I would I would work for the company and prior to this I had been a, a member of Peaceful Baptist Church in Lynchburg, Virginia. And during that time, the pastor then, Pastor James Carpenter, must have saw something in me because every every Sunday I was the worship leader. Mm. And so as 17 and 18-year-old, uh, I was the worship leader of, of that small, of that small church. And one particular Friday, I never forget it, I was painting a house in Westburg, Virginia. And I remember the name of the house, uh, the person who lived in the house, Mr. and Mrs. Angel, because they were, uh, well, Mr. Angel was, he was a baseball coach of mine uh, when I was probably nine or 10 years old. Oh. And we were painting his house, and I had gotten pretty good about working in the family business, and, and one of the criteria of being a good painter, especially when you're working on the outside of which we were doing that day, is to be able to paint windows and doors. And I was painting a window uh, on a stepladder. And, and as I was painting that window, I saw myself behind behind the pulpit. And I, I heard a voice speaking. So I was not the only one who was at the house painting that day. A couple of other painters were, and I got off the stepladder, and I walked to both of them, and I was like, uh, did you all call me? Because I heard my name. It was like, no, we didn't call you. And so I went back, and I got back on the ladder and started painting the window again, and I saw myself in a vision, I was standing behind a pulpit, and, and I heard somebody calling my name. So I got down off the stepladder again and walked to the very um, same painters. And um, they, they were like, no, nah, man, you know, uh, we didn't call you. So I went, and I, again, started painting that window. And the same thing happened a third time. Wow. And I got off the ladder again after seeing myself uh, standing behind the pulpit uh, preaching. 
And, you know, after the third time, you're asking the same question, you know, you know, and, and they, they painters and those, guys, you know, uh, you know, they really knew how to express themselves. They looked at me like I was crazy. That's like, right. Two previous times that we didn't call you, what was going on? So needless to say, I was, I was nervous. And when I reflect back on it, I don't know if I did not know uh, what those visions meant or I was just in denial of it. So that particular Sunday, I, I talked to my pastor, James E. Carpenter's uh, Peaceful Baptist Church in Lynchburg, Virginia. And uh, Pastor Carbons. Uh, said, well, this is what I've always knew. This mm. is what all into ministry. The Lord is calling you to preach. It is then, Brother Kendall, that he gave me some advice that I will always thank him for. I was on my way to Raffa University, and I had uh, had some conversations about um, playing on the baseball team, so I knew um, that I would have to try out and make the team. And he was excited about me going away to school, and he was excited about the potential of me playing baseball. And I think deep down inside, he knew uh, that that calling was the beginning of preparation for the call, oh. that the calling did not come to fruition right then, but there were some steps that had to had to take place. So he told me, he said, go to school, play baseball. When it gets to the point where you can stand it no longer, mm. come back and talk to me. So that's basically the call, the call story. Wow. And just to follow up before I stop, how long did it take before you, could you not stand it? How did that resolve itself? Well, that, that is, I think that's a part of the call story, too. Um, <laughs> and uh, I was going to keep on going, but I, I, I thought I was getting too long. No, 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 no. So I, I did, I did go to Rafford, mm -hmm. and uh, Rafford was a, was a time of maturity and matriculation. Um, baseball didn't last long because I realized that um, all I was missing out on all the fun. Mm. Um, you know, baseball, 50 games during the fall and 50 games during the spring. And it's, it's a hectic schedule. And uh, the people that I was meeting, they were having a ball. You, you were eventually pledged, though, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, and that, that, yeah. <laughs> and that that has a part of it. So I I um uh, uh, I just realized that that baseball wasn't for me. So I called my dad and told him, "Look, I uh, I'm not gonna do this, but I'm gonna stay in school." So um, once I was in school, I did what a typical college student did. And, you know, I partied, had fun. Uh, I did. I did in 1989, spring 1989. I did play Jamaica Sapphire, and um, I was I was um, on and off dating my high school sweetheart, and so uh, Janice and I we we uh, were dating since tenth grade in high school, mm. and off in college, and. 
uh, she became she became pregnant. And once she became pregnant, I never forget it. I, I felt compelled to tell my pastor about it, and and, and James Cobbins expressed to me the fact that uh, he was uh, disappointed that I had had was having a child out of wedlock, but he was happy to know that if I did, it was it was by her. And so I never forget. Uh, she went into, into labor on February 3rd, 1991. And uh, we went to Lamar's class mm. and all of that. And, and I never forget the nurse came in and said, look, we got to get this baby out because the umbilical cord is tied around his neck. Mm. And when, uh, as, as you know, we, we later named him Marcel Zachary uh, Dalton. When, when Zachary came out, uh, he was blue. Mm. And doctors and nurses came out of everywhere. You know, I'm trying to see my baby, and they pushing me to the side. Mm. And, went to, and, and at that point, um, I said, Lord, I do whatever you want me to do. Save, save my child. Uh, yeah. Save, save my child. And oh. and, uh, and he he came through. And four days later, he was out of intensive care, and oh. we were bringing him home. Amen. And, and um, you know, they said that he wouldn't be able to hear. He would have um, eyesight problems, which which you know, none of those he had. <laughs> He's thriving. <laughs> yeah, thriving and, and doing well uh, 30 years later. And uh, uh, the Lord quickly reminded me that, that I had made that promise to him that mm. if he saved my child, I would I would do what he wanted me to do. So I went and talked to my pastor, and um, that, that uh, prompted him to schedule a trial sermon, which took place June. It was June 9th, 1991. Wow. So we're talking about 30 years later, right? Yeah. yeah. June 9th is my birthday. Yeah, sure. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it was the second Sunday in June. I never forget it. So that, that, that year, that, that February he was born, that June... I did my initial sermon that July I was finished undergrad and uh, commissioned to the United States Army as a second lieutenant. Wow. That August I was married. And then that September I was in, in seminary. And that October I was in my ultimate basic course. So all of that happened in, in that particular year. Wow, the Lord wasn't playing with you. Now, the, the interesting thing, too, um, and let me let me go back, because mm -hmm. whenever I see Zachary, I'm often, especially when times get hard to minister, I'm reminded of the commitment that I made um, to God. So when times get difficult, to get difficult, and I see him, uh, it reminds me of the promise that I made the Lord in, in, in ministry. And so 
Um, I oftentimes tell him that, but I don't think he quite un- understands it. And the, the other thing is, is that I have to give James Carbon's kudos again, because when, when I was thinking about what seminary to go to, um, I had three choices because I had finished a predominantly white institution at university, and I wanted a black experience. Let me ask you real quick, what was your major? Was it finance? Finance, mm-hmm. So going to a black seminary was, was a must for me. So there were basically uh, only three options as far as accredited seminaries go. I lived in Lynchburg, Virginia, uh, Virginia Seminary and College was not an option because even though it was great in its heyday, it was not accredited. Mm. And James Carbins told me, he was like, you got to go to an accredited school. So I applied to the three accredited uh, black seminary. I applied to ITC in Atlanta. I applied to Howard here in D.C. And I applied to Virginia Union in Richmond. And... Janice was was in school at, at VCU, and so it it was important for me for her to finish because that was a promise that I had made to her father when I uh, had mentioned to him that she was pregnant with Zachary. And I was painting and applied to all three schools, and again I was painting the particular summer of of my. Uh, graduation, and I was painting uh, a lady's by the last name Royal, Miss Royal. She was an educator in in Lynchburg, and she had two sons, or has two sons, both are still living. One of them, Frank Royal, who is who is a dentist in Richmond, a retired dentist in Richmond, and both happened to be men of Omega Sci-Fi. Mm. He called his son Frank Royal because he was a longtime trustee at Virginia Union. And she told me, I'm going to call Frank. She was like, you're going to Virginia Union. Don't <laughs> consider anywhere else. You're going to Virginia Union. My sons went there. My son is the chair of the trustee board. You're going. So that is an influence of, of a teacher a retired mm. teacher. So the next day, um, I got a call from Frank Royal in Virginia Union basically saying, look, you, you are accepted and uh, here's a little money for tuition. So God. That, that, wow. that's, that's my call story uh, in, a, in a nutshell. Well, thank you so much, Pastor.